Wow, thank you, Susan. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> so we'll just take a, a few minutes just in a meditation just to get a sense of where we're at in our lives. So often we're bound up in our thoughts. And it's good just to take a moment just to watch our thoughts, to be aware of what we've been thinking. Let's take a bit of an audit as where we're at in our lives at the moment. What's going on with us at home, at work, with family, friends, our long-term goals and ideals. How do we feel that we're doing? What's challenging us most? What are we most afraid of at the moment? What are we most grateful for at the moment? Think of someone that we're really, you're really appreciating in your life at the moment. Some who you're not taking for granted. Just get a sense of what you brought into the room, the thoughts that were happening as you were coming here and as you were walking in, as you were sitting down. And where you are right now. Maybe set an intention to be present for this next period of time. To be open to receive and to give your attention, open to being changed, open to being there for somebody else. Let's just let all that go, all our thoughts go, and just now put our attention in our breath in our hearts, in our chests. In that place of peace that passes all understanding. The place of being. Let's just consciously open our hearts to everyone in this room as we form this collective community. Open our hearts to the past and the future. Those who founded this place in 1969 and 
they still come to open our capsule in 2069. And lastly, to open ourselves to that divine nature, that ground of being, that universal mind that gave us life, that enables us as we connect with that. O love divine to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, come and cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Amen. The Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thank you, Drew. So this is the third um, message I'm going to be doing around our annual gift day, which was last week. The idea of gift day is you give something extra, really, as a harvest offering out of the year. Maybe you've done well or sold a property or inherited something. It's, it's an opportunity to give back. Um, and we've got our gift day box here at the end of the service. You can just go and pop something in there if you'd like to. There are some envelopes at the back that you can put a, a, a credit card number. Um, we'll be doing, uh, um, you know, you'll be able to fill it in whenever you like, or you can just post it in. Uh, our appeal is for $70,000 this year, and uh, we've really raised nearly half of that already, which is absolutely fantastic. So uh, please do feel free to do it. And thank you for all those who've already given to that. Now, that reading that we just had comes right at the end of Matthew's Gospel. And it's really Jesus saying to his disciples, let my work carry on through time. You know, he's had three years of all this stuff. He's crucified, the resurrection, all that. So he said, let this work carry on through time. And I love what it says. You know, you've had all that stuff. You've had, he's resurrected and all that sort of business. It says they worshipped him, but some doubted. I mean, I'd be, you know, we all did. All of us are like that. It's so human. You know, is what we're doing here mad? You know, is the spiritual life something we really, you know, want to be doing? Will it make any difference? And, you know, Everybody feels that, and it's there in that great, it's called the Great Commission. And, you know, in the end, Jesus did make a difference. We're, you know, we're here more than 2,000 years later, and we're still talking about it. 
And you know, I think that's what, what, what we all want for our work, the work that we do, particularly spiritually, to be of value, for our contribution to add to what's gone before. Because all of us build on the work of those that came before. That wonderful phrase, you know, on the shoulders of giants. That's the idea in spiritual, that all of us do our work on the shoulders of giants. We might look down on those who thought that the sun was a god on a chariot riding across the sky. But that was their contribution. That was their contribution, as was the Greek and Roman gods, as was the North gods. You know, Jesus built his understanding on the shoulders of Moses and Elijah and all the wisdom from the Old Testament. And before Jesus, there was Buddha in the 6th century BC. And Lao Tzu wrote the Tao Te Ching in the same era. The Upanishads were written in 700 BC. And the Bhagavad Gita was written in 300 BC. So human history is also the history of the development of spirituality. Jesus' commission to have his work carried on had a huge effect. And, you know, we here are somewhere along that chain. We are part of that chain of that history. And to that end, you know, we're closing today our 50th anniversary celebrations uh, by celebrating the sealing of the Joost van der Veer Andersen time capsule. See, he's got, Mark's got his fine adjuster here to, to be able to seal the capsule. We're doing that at the end of the service. Um, and I just want to thank all those who made it possible. Uh, Mark Mace, you, you, he's going to come and talk later on, who built the cairn outside. And Shelley Merriam, who's really put her heart into that time capsule. Not literally, obviously. Um, although I did say my ashes should go in there. But, you know, many hours. You would, it's so beautiful inside. Everything is sealed and wrapped. And it's absolutely fantastic. You know, people, lovely photo uh, um, uh, that John Cato took that was on our service sheet last week. It's all in there uh, to be opened up. And those who sponsored it. I'm really particularly uh, uh, want to thank them, Candy and Jerry Schleife, Heinz and Karen Cordes, uh, Connie and Buddy Bates, CP and Stephen Knipe, Lex and Nicole Trumians, and Rick and Virginia Newton, all who sponsored it made this possible. As well as all, all of you who've made a contribution to it with cards and with photos and all that sort of business. So what do we say here to 2069. You know, I want, what I'm going to do today is, is my message to 2069. This is what I want to say to those people. And I've included this message in the time capsule. So they're going to get it whether they like it or not. And I think what we want to say, first of all, you know, is greetings, first of all. And may we pass on our love and blessings to you from 2019. We want to pass our blessings on to 2069. Our hope is that in 2069, you are happy and peaceful, and that some of the love that we have for you has passed down the generations to you all.
Actually, talking to 2069, us here in 2019 is not really that far off. And you can see from the photo included in the capsule, uh, and when I look out now, many of us here do remember 1969 all too clearly. Some of us less clearly than others looking out here. <laughs> it was not so long ago. And maybe there are those of you there in 1969 who can point to yourself in the photo, in the time capsule, and give live testimony to this time. Although I do suspect that most of them will be downstairs in the Sunday school <laughs> rather than up here. There may be some people in the Sunday school right now who will be able to point and say, that's me in the photo. It's tempting to say to you, in 2069, that we in, in 2019 live in turbulent times, that there are wars and rumors of wars, that our nation and our world is in a state of turmoil. In fact, one of our fears uh, that we have here is that no one will be there in 2069. You know, our last brush with global catastrophe came in 1963 with the Cuban Missile Crisis. But with the leaders that we have around the world, there is no guarantee that cock-up and stupidity will not blow us all up. So we hope that you're here. We also live in 2019 with a fear of climate change. The world seems to be warming up with ice regions melting, sea levels rising, and the weather becoming ever more unpredictable. We do hope in 2069 that you're living in stable times and that you're able to live in happy, you're able to live happy, peaceful lives. Because most of us here are living a fairly peaceful life here in the mountains. We're able, most of us, to do what we want to do as well as enjoying the beautiful scenery that we have here. And I suspect, actually, that that goes for many people living around the world. The news does tell us of riots and unrest, of movements of peoples due to economic and social hardship, of oppression and injustice. But, you know, much of the world is peaceful. In 1969, we were still dealing with the aftermath of the Second World War and the social unrest and student rebellion that was happening there was really a rebellion about the society that started two world wars. And we've inherited here that desire for a better society. And to some extent, our chapel is a beacon for that better society. We see our spirituality as being rooted in our experience of consciousness a consciousness that we see as being shared by all creation, both animate and inanimate. That we as humanity are a flower of the consciousness in that we have been able to reflect and to allow that universal consciousness to come through us. We've come to an understanding that we are the universe made conscious of itself. Each of us Individually is therefore able to make a contribution to our world by the way we respond to circumstances that come our way. And by responding with love rather than blame, 
we are each able to make our small contribution to the whole evolution of that consciousness. To a large extent, that is not the way or the understanding of most of our world. Most of our world sees itself as separate from everything else and therefore feels the need to defend its hard-won territory, the territory that an individual has carved out for him or herself, or their family, or their country. There is a perceived need to protect what we have and to stop others who might want to come in and take what has been so hard-won. As with every century, we spend money on armaments, we want to defend ourselves and to intimidate those who might come after us. Our hope is that you in 2069 may have made some progress in this area. We were once called the Chapel of the Prince of Peace and our desire is that the world is able to live as one community. I wonder if there have been any strides towards that aim. Also, as nations around the world in 2019, we behave in ways that we would not condone or expect individuals to behave. Nations seem to behave in ways that we would not condone individuals to behave. As nations, in 2019, we kill with impunity and then either boast about it or lie about it. We spy on each other. We lie to each other and to our own citizens and think that it's an okay way to behave. As nations, we are selfish. We do not look after the stranger and we expect slavish support from our citizens, even when we're wrong. We even lock people up who have the nerve to reveal the truth of what's going on when we want it hidden. There seems to be a double standard. The individual is held at one standard, but nations are allowed to get away with murder. And I wonder if any of that has changed. Has the world become more of a global community? In 2019, we were always fearful that it would take an alien invasion or some global catastrophe for the world to come together as one community. I wonder if that has happened or if progress has been made within that area. As a chapel, the hymn that most represents us, that we sing on big occasions, goes something like this. This is my song, O God of all the nations, a song of peace for lands afar and mine. This is my home, the country where my heart is. Here are my hopes, my dreams, my holy shrine. But other hearts in other lands are beating with hopes and dreams as true and high as mine. My country skies are bluer than the ocean and sunlight beams on clover leaf and pine. But other lands have sunlight too and clover and skies are everywhere as blue as mine. Oh, hear my song, though God of all the nations, a song of peace for their land and for mine. We want to see the world as one community. Religion at our time is both a source of peace 
and disorder. Here at the chapel as a community, we recognize the value of all the great wisdom traditions, Buddhism, Christianity, Taoism, Judaism, Islam, Baha'i, Hinduism, Zoroastrianism, and many more. However, religion is still a great source of conflict here. Has that improved in 2069? We have a Jewish community that lives here in our building, and we often have readings from the Tao Te Ching, the Upanishads, the Dhammapada, the Sutras, as well as the Bible. Our hope and desire is that religion would develop as a force for unity by each religion reaching out to find out what they can learn from other religions rather than trying to prove themselves the one true way. As individuals in 2019, we tend to be very goal-orientated. We're always trying to get somewhere or other, to live our lives in the past and the future, most of the time, except when skiing. When to live in the past or the future is to bring about an immediate reminder <laughs> to stay in the present. How is the practice of meditation and mindfulness developed in 2069? We see it as a hope. In a recent uh, interview, the, Archbishop of, the previous Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, said, to put it boldly, meditation is the only ultimate answer to the unreal and insane world that our financial systems and our advertising culture and our chaotic and unexamined emotions encourage us to inhabit. He said, to learn meditation is to learn what we need to live, truthfully and honestly and lovingly. It is a deeply revolutionary matter. How are you doing with that in 2069? We see so much of the chaos in the world as being a function of the chaos that exists in our minds and that the way of peace on a local and international level is to recognize this, to become aware of it and for each of us individually to make our own contribution to peace. But at the moment, the tide is going the other way. Solutions are sought to our problems through the cleverness of the mind whether that be in medicine, in technology, in communication, and in geopolitics. And the jury is out as to whether or not this is actually going to deliver the joy and happiness that people want. As a community, we believe that for this to bring happiness that the world seeks, we must build the technologies of the heart, develop our capacity to be at peace, to experience joy, to have compassion, to practice tolerance, and to be inclusive. To see that all men are by nature equally free and independent and have certain inherent rights of which when they enter into a state of society, they cannot by any compact deprive or divest their posterity namely the enjoyment of life and liberty with the means of acquiring and possessing property and pursuing and obtaining happiness and safety. We, in 2019, 
hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That this applies to all peoples, not just to one country. Our hope is that your world in 2069 is more reflective of that than our world is now. As a community here at the Aspen Chapel, we've committed ourselves to these qualities and to these values, to living them out in our lives and to passing them on to the next generation. We hope that in 2069, some of this has been developed so that there's even more greater understanding as to how to bring this about. 50 years is not a long time. It is a minute part of the 13.7 billion years that the universe has been in existence. And even compared to the 250,000 years that human beings have been on Earth, it's a tiny time. But we all deeply hope that you've been able to see some progress in these areas that are so dear to us in 2019. It is for you in 2069 that we are doing this work. Our work is dedicated to your well-being. So our hope that some of this has borne fruit. Our best legacy is your happiness in 2069. Do not look to us as an example. Look to yourselves as the fruit of what we have achieved, because we are the fruit of those who strove so hard in 1969. And those were the fruit of those who live in 1919. All we can do here in the past is our best, and we trust that you will be able to do the same in the future that you live in. Let's pray. So we do offer ourselves in that immortal words as living sacrifices to our future. We pray that we may be open-hearted, open-minded and open-handed in our willingness to serve for the future of our community, our nation, our world and our planet. We pray that we may have just and right responses to the circumstances that we're all faced in. And we pray those who don't have such choices, who are living hand to mouth in areas of great difficulty, those suffering from climate issues and problems in our country and around the world, those suffering from war, aggression, injustice around the world. Those who are in prison, those who are hungry and homeless, those struggling with mental illness, with physical illness, those in hospital and at home, 
those dying and those feeling bereaved. And we especially pray for those of our own community, for Rita Hunter with Lou Gehrig's disease, Heather Morrow still recovering from the brain injury, Pat Smith with cancer, Patricia Overton recovering from a foot surgery, Brett McKenzie, Elizabeth Robin Morse and her pregnancy, Connie Olcott recovering from back surgery, Barbara Blumsmith's aunt Honey in hospital in Naples, Florida with a lung infection that's not healing as expected. We pray for her and her family. And Ryder Friday, who's nine, who's in hospital, had a motorcycle crash, broke his jaw and pelvis. We pray for his parents as well. We just open ourselves to your presence and your guidance. Amen. So, from the sublime to the ridiculous, I'm going to pass around the plate and ask you to empty your wallets into it. Uh, we're going to have our collection now. If you want to put money in the gift day, do so at the end, probably. Unless you're totally moved to go off, you can do it now. But otherwise, uh, Susan's going to play some uh, music for you and we're going to pass around the plate. Thank you. <laughs>